Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I am Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I am so honored to have Dr. Shambhavi as my guest on the show. Dr. Shambhavi is the founder of Save, Scrap and Sew, an organization that collects scraps from tailors to create utility items like sheets, bags, and pillows. She's passionate about being a teacher, facilitator, and communicator, which led her to creating a platform called Shambhavi's Spectrum. This is going to be a really interesting discussion, and I'm so looking forward to hearing more about your story, Shambhavi. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. The pleasure, honor, and everything else attached with this is mine. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I can't wait for this discussion to start. Some of our listeners will probably already know you, especially since you are an educator. But for those who don't, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you very much for this and thanks to everybody who's listening to it. I've lived in the UAE for 30 years now. Technically, I should look like a camel, but I don't. I love teaching. I'm a consultant and an entrepreneur and I ace with passion. So how did you end up in the UAE? Let's start with that. I was a young girl of uh, 22 whose husband had moved to UAE and I came here in 1989, November, following him. I always wanted to work as a teacher. I'd done my master's in chemistry, but at that time there were no specific opportunities available. So I started my journey as space selling person, which is for a business directory. I mean, now space selling would be something which is different. Arena of selling space for a business directory. I worked in market research company after that for about 13 years as a person who moderated focus groups. That was again a part-time job. And then in 2005, I joined MBA from Manipal University. I'm very proud to say that today I'm a part-time faculty there. 2007, as soon as I finished my master's, I was offered a few positions as part-time faculty in various universities. So I have taught in Ajman University, Canadian, Wollongong, Middlesex, couple of universities always teaching marketing and management subjects. Currently, like I said, I'm with Manipal right now and I teach entrepreneurship there. Excellent. So when did you become Dr. Shambhavi? Very nice because uh, that you asked me this question because this is exactly why you've even invited me today is the safe scrap and so came about because of the doctor. In 2009, I realized by then that I needed to qualify myself and get a PhD because that was becoming a prerequisite in the academic area. And uh, I started my journey, though it took me a couple of years. And it was in 2014 that I got my doctorate. Now, one of the topics which emerged from my research, which was on evaluation criteria used by consumers while purchasing fruits and vegetables, the offshoot of that was waste disposal of fruits and vegetables, which if you're living in a developed country or living in a country like India, you would have proper disposal systems. But here, unfortunately, at that time, we were not so aware and nor were people doing anything. You just put it into your regular garbage and you just threw it out and didn't think much of it. I found many reasons why people were doing that and that can be another discussion in itself. I realized that the landfill was the major factor which was creating the pollution in air. I also realized that this is something which we don't own, so we are not so much concerned about since most of us are a floating population. Then in 2015, June, I went to my regular tailor 
And uh, as I uh, was standing with him and just discussing some designs, on that note, uh, sewing has always been my hobby myself. And I would also be quite involved even if the tailor was making something, the dress designer or tailor was doing something for me. Was standing there, I just saw him take two bags, garbage bags, and he was just stepping out. And those were really heavy, bulky bags. And I'm like, what is inside this? He said, fabric. And I said, where are you going? I said, to throw it. And that was, I said, what? Why are you throwing it? He said, do you want it? And I actually took a physical step back. And then I realized that the landfill, which I was still now thinking only around food, that I can't save everybody's food, but the same fabric was going to go into the landfill, pollute more. And the only thing you would ultimately do is incinerate it. Nothing else can be done about it. And then I came back home and I started thinking over this. I discussed with my family and everybody goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's always got these ideas and yeah, yeah, you tell us what to do. I created a WhatsApp message and I cannot emphasize to you enough what a major role social media has played for me in this and what are the advantages of it. For me personally, whatever likes you see on the Facebook page or you see on Insta, everything has just come organically because of people who believed in this kind of concept that we need to save the earth from this kind of pollutant. So I created this message asking my friends and shared it in my in a WhatsApp group saying, if you're interested, please join me and let us start saving the scrap. We just started off like that with about five people. It was 30th September 2015. So we are going to be celebrating our seventh birthday very soon. We started making, just putting these pieces together. And you'll not believe me, the first uh, two sessions that I had, I was just only ironing. Everybody was just sorting and cutting and trying to put these pieces together. I don't know if anybody in the listener or you've ever gone into a tailor shop and seen what it actually looks like, the fabric which is coming out from there. They are too small. They're really small pieces. And they're also, what should I say? I mean, because the tailor doesn't have ownership. So I don't blame them really. So they don't really treat it very well. But now thanks to this, that we have started this session and my tailor, he sees what we've been doing and now they are more kind to the scrap which they are throwing. Once he in fact asked me, he said, you're doing so much, what can I do for you? And I said, you know what, when you just crumple this and throw it, just be a little kind to it and fold it nicely. And uh, they do that now. Wow, what an interesting story. You know, what an evolution from becoming aware of food and food scraps and that it all just ends up in the landfill and then realizing that other products and items are also going into the landfill and then thinking, well, can we do something about that? Incredible. You created this group of people where you said, can we start saving these scraps? How did you decide to then turn that into something? Because I was always little into crazy quilting and, you know, putting crazy pieces together, which I still do. The group became bigger. I started getting invites from people to come and give them talks or run workshops. And I have done many of them now in schools, in uh, corporates, in uh, like when there's a team building event, which is required, or in fact, uh, in universities. In fact, that continued even during the pandemic. Even I find it surprising that sometimes I get invited to talk in masterclass and, you know, where people say, can you come and share what it is that you do? Just stepping back a little bit, because we had started with friends, I had a couple of things which ethos which I followed always. One was that we will not use any secondhand cloth. Anything second is not allowed, even from the tailor, nothing. And second thing was no personal cloth. 
because otherwise we would have just become a dump yard for people to put their things on us not forgetting i started with a group of friends what you think is old and what you think is new is very very relative concept another very important thing was there was no money transaction from the beginning i decided that we will not sell anything we will just give it away to people who truly need it and when we say people who truly need it that means we follow a no hoarding policy ourselves we will not hoard anything nor our the person who's receiving will hoard anything which means they should not have another one so it's not like you have a choice today i will use this tomorrow i will use that no so that helped us actually so we did not give any of these made the sheets which by the way we've made more than 3000 sheets more than 5000 bags more than 5000 uh, pillows the pillows are filled with very small scraps which we can't really stitch or do anything we've done many pillows at least about 70 to 80 bigger size pillows for pets rescue pets and things like that and we've not kept anything so the policy remains that there is no hoarding neither we will hoard nor the person receiving should hold it so how do you identify the people that are going to receive these items that you're making let me just take a step back you have one person or one tailor or you have several tailors that supply you with their scraps It's a pretty fluid group and whoever knows a tailor wherever they are based they pick it up from there and at one point before pandemic actually I had almost more than 12 to 15 groups of uh, buddies I call them buddies because we are all fighting the war against the landfill so we are all buddies buddies also gives us a term where that we are all equal everybody's task is important whether you're sorting or ironing or cutting or stitching every task is equally important every task that we do we try to take in pictures of it and the consistency with which we have posted on our social media is what actually got us more people involved even now today i received a random message saying uh, i saw this can i join your group and then we just ask them whatever they know how to do they just do that and we share across groups this is what we would do initially that is like i'm saying about pre pandemic during the pandemic many people used the stitching part of it for themselves or cutting and handing over to somebody who would do it for them again we do not pay anybody for this everyone's a volunteer we use our own machines we buy the thread ourselves we maintain our machines ourselves when you make something with your hands and when you see what it has come out to be there is a special joy and actually i have no idea where it goes to whom it goes who received it we don't know because we don't give it like in that sense personally to any person as such now your question about who decides so if you're my buddy and you tell me that you know what chambavi this is group of people or this orphanage or this old age home they need xyz things then we come together as a group and make it ready and give it and then from there on you can share it with them just like how the buddies who are making this trust me i trust them that they will find suitable people to hand it over to Do you have a central location where everything comes or is it all distributed everyone just works from their own homes So pre covid uh, times everybody would uh, meet like maybe you know five or six people living in the same building that was again one of my philosophies is that you should not have to think about parking you should not have to think about traffic just get out of your house and just go so people made small groups i have i used to have whatsapp groups for each of these and i would monitor them personally i would go and meet them that is how they would uh, kind of coordinate in that and we had no forwards in those groups which was a big help because we could totally focus on what work we wanted to do So you had mentioned that you've already created I think you said 3000 sheets and many many other products that you've sewn together and given away to people in need. So what has been the impact on the environment or on the landfill? Do you have like a tonnage of how much you've saved? 
Yes, roughly very, very floor, I would say that it's about at least about eight and a half tons of scrap that we have saved. How much we've sorted through, I can't even begin to tell you how many manors we put into it. And But what it has done for people is it gave purpose to people. For example, I've had calls from people who said that, you know what, my mom wants me to join your group because my son is going away to uni next year and she thinks that I will be suffering from emptiness syndrome. I've had mothers come here for visit and say, you know what, when we were young, we used to do this for our own families but I want to do this. I want to help you or help ourselves do something. Everybody wants a purpose in life at the end of the day. And this kind of gave purpose to many people. People came together as families, husband, wife, child, grandmother, everybody together to do something for a community, a society. The minute we start thinking about other people instead of just us, I think the impact is already created. Yes, absolutely. So important. And it is amazing to see how people actually want to help. When there is a cause for good for to help others, people are genuinely keen to be part of that. How many people would you say are part of your movement now? I can't uh, say that they are present. At present, they are a part of it. But at least more than a thousand people would have gone through this whole process. Because uh, let's say if I take one school where I went and created an activity in the morning where we started, the senior students were cutting, the junior students were filling up the pillows, the younger from grade one to grade three came and saw this, heard about it. They drew pictures of what they understood from this whole activity. I think at least 500 to 750 of those children, we went through that day itself in one day. So what I normally do is I, when a school or a corporate or anyone asks me, what can we do? You know, how can we support? So I go around adjusting it to their requirements. The tasks remain the same. We are still collecting scrap from tailors, we are still sorting it, we are ironing it, and we are stitching it. So the task remains the same, irrespective of whoever does it. And uh, one of the very funny uh, corporate incidents, which I remember is there was an initiative which was happening, and two people from two entirely different departments were standing next to each other and ironing, and they were having a conversation which was very, very nice and had nothing to do with work. So it was totally relaxing for them. And they met and they bonded, which was nice. Another gentleman in the same company, he's stitching, and he says, I remember remember helping my grandmother with this. He says, I have a meeting. I need to go back. Please let the sheet remain here. And he goes, he comes back and he continues to stitch till he finishes the sheet. And by the way, when I say sheet, it is not a single layer sheet. It's a double layered sheet. So there are two layers. It's almost about a kilo plus. Each sheet would be about a kilo. And how long does it take to make one sheet, for example? (laughs) No idea. I've got it up on my YouTube on how to do it easily. But you know how, so somewhere along the line, people do ask me and let me tell you this, that my mantra is efficiency is more important than perfection. I go by that. But I have a lot of buddies who are like, very particular, let's put this together. Let the color combination come out. And I'm like, get this out. Let's work on the next sheet. Let's work on the next bag. Let's do Let's move on. Let somebody else benefit. Where you're trying to put two stitches, three stitches, it's okay. It's never going to be perfect. Just move on. So this is something which people who are perfectionists find a little difficult to let go. But once they understand that the purpose is different, I think they do come around to thinking the way I do. So it's probably a good learning experience for somebody who is a bit of a perfectionist. I can see that. Clearly, the whole concept behind Save, Scrap and Sew is not to make money. It's to create a community. It's to create something for people in need. But what is your main message that you want to spread with Save, Scrap and Sew? No one can do 
anything alone. It is teamwork. So I completely say that whenever there is any kind of discord or anything, remember that the cause is bigger than all of us. This is always my message to anyone. What are you working for? That is the main, the reason, the purpose. Don't ever forget that. Don't let go of that. In corporate language, they'll probably call it a goal or whatever your objectives. But here, it's a purpose for us. And through all this work that you're doing, you're giving back to people who are in need. You're also saving the planet, saving the environment, reducing all that goes into the landfill. So there's so many boxes this checks. It's it's fantastic. Well done. Congratulations on setting this up. Thank you for setting this up. It's wonderful to have people who sees the need and finds the solution. And it's not necessarily a solution that makes you rich or makes you money, but it's a solution that's good for society. That's fantastic. That is very true. And if all of us were trying to leave more tangible assets for our children, then definitely along with paper, plastic, whatever you're trying to save from the landfill, fabric scrap actually has a very big role. There's a lot which is spoken about fast fashion. There's a lot which is spoken about uh, dress designers, boutique designers. I can't emphasize on this enough that rather than give to somebody else some money or in charity, pay your own people, the fashion designs, the corporates, those who manufacture textiles, those who give samples. And there are so many stories which I can share of how we have handled and why should somebody else be taking care of your carbon footprints? You should be reducing it yourself. And this is something for all of us. So even for us as individuals, when we get something tailored or altered, bring that scrap back home. And my objective is at some point, there should be no safe scrap. And so nobody's, everybody is their own body and everybody takes care of it themselves. That would really be an ideal utopian world. Right. To be aware, for each person to be aware of the impact they have on the environment in their own small way. As you mentioned in the beginning, in in many countries, there's already formal systems in place to take care of the way we look after recycling plastics and tins and glass. Where there's not formal systems in place, police ourselves, we can look after ourselves, understanding the impact that it has. So each one of us, whether it's in our companies, at our homes, can make a difference by being aware of what we're doing. Very true. And you've just summed it up very nicely. I know that we wanted to talk about something else called Shambhavi Spectrum, but I think we probably have run out of time for today. So I'd like to save that maybe for another podcast to hear about that. No problem. So actually, many businesses also emerged from Save Scrap and So. People started doing bags, making bags and selling them with fresh fabric and things, but it was an opportunity. And we ourselves with two other partners, I myself started something called a So a Gift, which is fabric-based gifting. So is that what Shambhavi Spectrum? No. So Shambhavi Spectrum is where I share my knowledge of helping people with my academic background on setting up their own owned media, working around with it before they start spending money and asking digital agencies to take care of it for them. Excellent. So I can hear we're going to have to have you back for another podcast to talk about Shambhavi Spectrum so that we can share some of your tips with our community so that when they start their small businesses, that they know all the pitfalls and some of the tips from you. So I'm looking forward to that. If you're open to that. That would be my pleasure. Absolutely. For this podcast, we've come to the end of the segment of looking at what you've accomplished and you've done so much already. It's absolutely incredible. We're going to do a rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Yes. What are your top three time management tips? I make lists. I put it under which is critical and which is important. I do multitask. If I can avoid typing, I call, saves me time. 
Very good. What advice do you wish someone had given you when you first started Save Scrap and Sew? What I had was the support of my family and friends and they trusted me. That was a very big thing. What is your ideal weekend? In a corner, sitting, reading a book and maybe alternately watching a movie. What is one thing that you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Check my WhatsApp messages. Okay, so you don't unplug from your WhatsApp. Of course, that's an important part of what you do is your WhatsApp messages. Yes. And I say this to my family and my friends, everybody, that when I'm on WhatsApp, it's work. Ah, yes. You're not scrolling endlessly. You're actually working. No, I'm not scrolling. Yes, exactly. I'm not scrolling endlessly. I spend a lot of time on social media also, but it is not endless scrolling. It is with a purpose, always. And whether it could be cheering people, congratulating them, sometimes I just think, I mean, why can't I just put a like and move on? But no, I have to say that best wishes. In. Very nice. Well, thank you very much for playing along. That was an easy game show. Before we wrap up, we'd like to do our green pool moment. What was your green pool moment, the action or event? that was the turning point for you or your career? I think I mentioned this when I stepped back in the tailoring shop and realized that this fabric was going to there. It was just a moment like that. I think it changed my life. It changed people's lives who are around me because that has just brought more love, more affection, being humble, let me say, a lot of respect also from people who are close to me. I think that would be my green pill comment. Lovely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being here today and sharing your fantastic story and all that you've accomplished. It's absolutely inspiring. So thank you for that. I'm so sure our audience is going to enjoy this conversation as much as I have. Thank you so much for inviting it. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to more buddies in many ways, including creating more awareness and following our channels and at various places. Yes. And in line with that, where can our listeners find and follow you? So we have a Facebook page, Instagram, and we are also on YouTube where people can do look at uh, videos themselves as well if they want to. And they can also see all our team buddies, who how they work and what comes out from that. Of course, apart from the website, which really needs help right now. But there's an SSS Reach page where we are very transparent as to where everything has been given. There's a page bit by bit about media, all the media coverage that we've received. I shall put this podcast also out there. Thanks to you once Thank you very much. So we will put this all in the show notes so that people can go and find and follow you. So Shambhavi, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been lovely talking to you. I wish you well, and I will definitely be following SSS and seeing where you go next. And we're looking forward to having you back on the show to talk about your tips for people starting out uh, new businesses. Sure. Anytime. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.